Bonjour, Café de René, faithful, familiar. We are live. James here, joined once again by the star of the show, Mr. René Dupree. René, how are you doing? Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Bonjour. Boy, some interesting events have happened, huh? Yep. Uh, before we get to everyone, um, thunderstorms at my place, so you might hear something in the background. Hopefully we don't have a power cut. Also, uh, Paul will be joining us later on, so uh, he will be joining us. So, um, But yeah, Renee, um, interesting weekend of wrestling. Obviously, me and my boys attended um, Clash of the Castle. Uh, the flog is up, everyone. I've also done a review, which will be out tomorrow, uh, but we had a great time. Loved it. And Yesterday, uh, AEW's All Out pay-per-view was on, and uh, it was in Chicago. CM Punk retained uh, his title, uh, regained his title, my apologies. And the main talking point was the press scrum afterward. But before we get to that, uh, did you have a chance to watch his match against Moxley? Yeah. Where was it again? Where was it? Uh, Chicago. Oh, it was in Chicago. Chicago. Sweetie, could you put on the fan? Turn it. Winter. Yeah. Um, I just saw the clip you sent me. It was whatever. It was a match. But uh, I did watch that press conference. Wow. I heard one of the Jacksons got knocked out. I just, I did some reading. But unless I see it, I don't believe it. So I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, so during the uh, press thing, um, Pong basically, he very Coke Cabana, even, uh, even though Coke Cabana's name wasn't mentioned, Pong brought it up. Uh, but we'll get back to that in a minute. But he buried the EVPs, and uh, apparently today, so we've read, he meant to take a swing at Nick Jackson, Nick Book, or however he's called, and some people got involved. Because that's happened, I can't help but feel like this is a work now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I know, uh, I have a feeling that they have a deal with all these dirt sheet writers to push their agendas and they're definitely, uh, that's what I feel. And then there's like, there's certain clips where you see like a security guard running. I saw that on one of the sites. Oh, here's when the security guard runs backstage to go break up the fight or whatever. Right. So I don't know. Regardless. Well, he buried his buddy uh, Scott Colton for everybody. That's Cole Cabana, which I'm not a big fan of personally. Um, hmm. For years, I was hearing rumblings of people telling me that he was burying me back, like wherever he, whenever my name gets mentioned, he would make it a point to bury me, right? And then he'd bury me on his podcast that he had really? for so many years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never met the guy, so whatever information he would get was through his fucking then pal, Philip, right? But yeah. Now, these guys, they had a lot of power in the independence, especially in the United States. So, you know, 
probably initially blackballing me and making me have a bad name with all those. And, that, you know, top independence in the United States is a great way to get exposure, right? So that, mm -hmm. in turn, affects my financials. You understand? That I have a problem with. And I called that motherfucker out right. in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we were on a show in Ireland. Okay. We rode back to the hotel. And I I was in the front seat and he was in the back seat. And I turned to him. I was this close from his face. And I said, do we have a fucking problem? And his exact word wow. is, this is getting weird. I go, yeah, it could get weird when we pull over this fucking car and we settle this like men. You know, this is a business. And when you got people burying you who never met me, that affects my fucking my way of providing for my family and feeding myself and paying my bills. You understand? Yeah. Right. And I know for a fact that that punk right. guy, no punk was the same. I heard when I was with that company that he would tell people that I was a cancer motherfucker. You're the cancer. Everywhere you go, you cause problems with the fucking, you know what I mean? So, well, this is the thing, and uh, I posted the uh, clip of uh, Masada talking about punk, and um, we do not interview on huh? Thursday. Great timing. <laughs> Telling you, man. Yeah. Up there for thinking, down there for dancing. Um, but yeah, we spoke about it a few days ago, and then I think one of our fans said it best, while this aged beautifully. Um but, and this, you always get the comments, oh, these are just bitter mid-carders and nobody. But someone tagged us in a clip on our Twitter account that um, Cody Rhodes was on Chris Jericho's podcast from uh -huh. about three years ago, three or four years right. ago. And they, they were both laughing how CM Punk was trying to be like a locker room leader uh -huh. and uh, making jokes. So if people's watching this and this is saying, oh, it's just these mid is the same things about punk jazz of his success. Well, Chris Jericho, I know you have personal things about Jericho, but Chris Jericho is safe to say one of the most successful wrestlers of all time. We can agree on that, yes? I guess. Yeah. Financially, come on. She took me a fucking bone here, really. <laughs> one of the most successful wrestlers, yes? Okay, most well known. Anyway, someone like Jericho, like. The Beast, that is, and Cody is one of the top stars. They've said the same thing about Punk. So it's not just people who is mid-carders, lower-carders, or whatever. It's people who, you know, even top-carders or Hall of Famers as well. Have you noticed that? And then people say, oh, it's just because Punk's a top star. Have you noticed that no one said anything bad about John Cena? Have you noticed no one said anything bad about a Roman Reigns, for example, The Rock? Mm. No. Mm. Always seems to be CM Punk. And when will these people get it in their heads that perhaps it's not all these wrestlers that's got the problem. Perhaps it's the one person who they're speaking about who has the issue. Yeah. Yeah, he's a two-face. He's a two-face who, uh, you know, <clears throat> pushes his own agenda. He can't, you know, everybody likes to think, oh, he tells the truth. No, the fucking guy is a two-face political bitch who says the right things at the right times just to push his own agenda, right? The funniest part was when he says that his, his Cole Cabana and his mom share a bank account. Motherfucker, you sent a, a, a restraining order against your own mother. That says a lot about you. 
I don't give a fuck what type of relationship you had. She gave birth to you, you fuck. I share a bank account, a business account with my mom because it's a fucking business thing because it's a fucking multi-million dollar rental housing fucking uh, business. So what, you know, you want to say something about me? You know? And I read one of the comments who was like, oh, well, he has such a great following compared to, you know, I haven't been on American television in 16 years. Since we started this podcast, how many countries have we have we been number one in, James? Quite a few, Malaysia, I believe. South right. Korea. We were top ten in Ireland. We were top twenty in the UK. Our highest viewership is in the United States. And to be honest, we only really started getting into it about what January, February. <laughs> we only started. Yeah, doing really. That. That's when we started hitting right. Right. So for a guy who hasn't been on American worldwide television in sixteen years. And just started this as a hobby, thanks to you, James, because you know I didn't really think anything of it. Uh, I think we're doing quite well, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, as far as wrestling, as far as wrestling goes, I managed to keep a job in Japan where I always wanted to go for 15 years, being at the top of the card, if not the main event, in every company I work for. Right. And since we started this podcast, which gives me exposure, I've been getting offers out of the fucking Yahoo. I got another three gigs booked tomorrow in Ontario. So for an independent who chooses to be independent, I think I'm doing quite well for myself. So there. Successful real estate. So successful real estate business as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. See, at the time, because I just paid it off the, the mortgages during the pandemic, right? But before that, you know, I relied to pay my bills with wrestling. So for these fucking assholes to go and bury me, you know, to all these promoters and you know what I mean? You know, that affects my this is this is how I, you know, I live. Or now I really don't need it, but I mean I still enjoy doing it. And but at that time, you know, so you want to know people say bitter no motherfucker if someone's preventing you from making a living and feeding your family that's not bitterness that's fucking uh that's you know a reason to not fucking like somebody yeah yeah and um i tweeted out i know it was like a work uh promo uh but a few years ago when him and triple h was kind of having a feud and um I was a young kid. I kind of born to the punk life at the time, but Triple H cut a promo because uh, punk was like, we need change. And Triple H was like, I change you once when you're on the top. He said, perhaps people don't like the WWE. Can it be better? Sure. That's my job to make it better. But it's like 10 years later, however it is, like that promo aged like a fine writing. People's like, wow, Triple H was fucking right about punk. Um, yeah. Listen, I was there. He was he was buddy buddies with Humpty Dumpty Heyman. I've stated it before in here. I've I yep. was there when they put plants in the crowd to chant his name, so it gets over on television. Yeah, I, I seen it, right? And I I'll tell you another story about Humpty Dumpty Heyman. I was in OVW. I did a, a, a local match with a guy called Jamin. Jamin Old Living. I forget his name. Anyway. We did a thing where we cut the match short, and I said, oh, my hernia, because I had a, just got out of hernia surgery, right? And then he went to all these yeah. PW Insider, all these mark sheets, and treated it like a shoot. 
I'm at OBW one day and Danny Davis's office and he gets a call from Paul Heyman because Paul thought it was a shoot. Okay. I look at Danny Davis. I go, this guy is a fucking mark. And he starts laughing. He goes, yeah, I know. All right. So these little group of guys that, you know, are always getting put over in the dirt sheets, more than likely they're the ones feeding information to these assholes. Right. Yeah, it's well known that uh, it is well known that Paul Heyman has been like giving uh, details to the dirt sheets for a while. I like Heyman uh, as a character standpoint and for creative, but it's well known that he has been feeding the dirt sheets for many years. Yes, and your precious like, little Jericho is another guy that feeds all these guys feed shit to the dirt sheets. They all do. Yeah, to push their own agendas and get spoken favorably of, so they get over. And then if there's people they don't like, they'll fucking bury them. And then these guys will write shitty reviews. Understand? Mm. Right. There's a what, reason why they put me you? with John Cena. There's a reason why they put me with John Cena was to help get him over. The reason why they put me with that fucking punk when he started on the ECW brand was to help get him over. Yeah. And you've never seen an American Telvin working as a babyface, as a good guy. It was always as a heel, because I was I was good as a heel. I was great as a heel. So there. What did you think to the way Tony Khan was during it? It feels like he started to speak and Punk essentially told him to shut up the way he cut across yeah, it. Did you see that? When he I'm said, like, yeah, yeah, the look he gave him? <laughs> Motherfucker, he's the one flipping the bill. He's the one paying your salary. Jesus Christ. Grow a pair of balls. If it, if it, if it is could a you imagine? Shoot. I mean, if it is a shoot, could you imagine someone doing that to Vince or now Triple H, for example? Fuck no. I remember um, there was a show and people in the chat used to probably remember. Um, it was something. All the wrestlers were on stage. So Stephanie went to walk up the stage Fence was about the f- no. Fence was about to walk up the stage, and Titus O'Neil, who was a great guy, grabbed Fence's hand to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa ladies, first, like allowing Stephanie to go up." Titus O'Neil was suspended for a month <laughs> because of that. I originally wanted to fire him, and that was just well, yeah, and that was something he that was harmless. What Titus done? So, yeah. could you imagine if Titus like spoke over Fence during the press conference? Oh, they'd be gone, buddy. Be gone. Yeah. Yeah. This Tony Khan guy, there. bless his heart. Bless his heart. He's a money mark. All right. He's a yeah. money mark who fucking marks out for these fucking guys. So I was uh, talking to my brother. My brother loves AW. Uh, he doesn't watch WWE, but he watched AW. Nice. There. This is the exact same as when uh, Bischoff catered to Hogan. Don't be wrong, Hogan obviously is a million times bigger star. But that same sort of dynamic, you could tell that Tony Khan's latched himself onto Punk now and he thinks Punk's shit doesn't think basically. And he will agree with everything. And if it is a shoot, he's basically agreeing with Punk saying when Punk's shitting on the VPs, uh, Kenny and the Young Bucks, guys that helped create the company. I mean, if it is a shoot, Part of me now thinks it's a work, but if it is a shoot, fuck, that's like pretty damning off your your company, off your company. It's helped start the roster, and 
you can't help but think like Cody leaving. One of the reasons Cody left was because he was losing power in AEW and uh-huh. Tony wants to make more of a decision. So with Punk coming in, do you reckon that probably helped towards Cody leaving the company? Oh, I'm sure because he knows. Well, Cody, Cody is like a, a big ego too, right? I told you, man, as soon as you start putting these egos together, it's going to cause problems. Yeah. I called it right from the get-go. So, it, anyway, it, bottom line is, I don't know if it's if it's real or if it's a shoot, but Punk being a fucking pain in the ass and segregating the locker room is nothing new. That's been his whole MO since he started in the business. So, How many yeah, people? people on your- Huh? You well, you was about to say how many people if we had on the show say the exact same thing. Exactly, it's a known fact. And I know, and all these numbers, all these numbers, like you said, we we were talking off camera before. It's not a publicly traded company, Hmm. right? They can throw out any fucking number they want out there. A million dollar gate. How do we know for sure? Because they said it. Because the dirt sheets right about it. That doesn't make it fact. Oh, do you, know, do you know how he said it, by the way, Tony Khan, the fact that he sold a million, uh, it was a million dollars gate? How? He said it in the tweet. <laughs> oh, he just tweeted it out. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't like a big statement or anything like that. It was just a trait saying, yeah, we sold, right. we done a million dollar gate. They, they might course. have done. We're not saying they didn't. But, right. You know. <laughs> right. Well, that's funny because we saw that – uh, on one of our earlier episodes, you sh- you showed me the, the the sheet for Punk's big return in Chicago, two, mm. four, and five dollar tickets. Yeah, that was for his fucking return. And yeah. guess what? His second UFC fight did less than one hundred and fifty thousand buys. Wow, that's a yeah. fact. I didn't know that. Okay? Yeah, all right. I guarantee you, Dana, uh, Dana, Dana White, as soon as he saw the preliminary buy rates, that's why he put that motherfucker on the undercard mm. in his hometown. Because he thought, okay, well, I could probably draw a house here. Right? Mm. And we we all saw how that went, his second fight. So, I'm just amazed how many people people fall into this voice of the voiceless work what Punk does and they generally believe every word he says. Like they generally believe he's wrestling for the fans and he's there for them, and he's not. And it's like when he came into AEW, it's like I'm going to raise everyone, and he hasn't. He's had some matches with other people, but every feud he's been in, he's won. He hasn't put anyone over. Yeah, he let MGF win one match, but at the end of the day, Punk won the feud itself. Uh, MGF did return. I forgot to mention that. Um, he returned at the end of the night to challenge Punk. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that now. And I was telling my brother, for a booking sense, if, if, if there's going to start being some resentment towards Punk. I would have MGF switch to a phase. Now Punk is a heel, just like me just thinking like wrestling. Because um, even last night in Chicago, Punk's hometown, you would think he would be the big star of the night. And he done it wrong. He was getting the chance, CM Punk chance, but there were people cheering for Moxley as well. There was a good portion of fans cheering for Moxley, and that punks hometown. Yeah, and then I I watched that match from Cincinnati where they were turning on him. Yeah, right. So, so yeah. perhaps the veils dropping, but um, 
Well, and people say, um, I saw in the comments play, people um, said, well, every top star has done work for politics. I'm like, yeah, I completely agree. But the thing is, the likes of Kevin Nash or Hulk Hogan, uh, Scott Hall, uh, Triple H, Stone Cold, they didn't go around preaching saying they were the voice of the voiceless, helping the younger talent. CM Punk has any, and they just hadn't done that at all. Mm. So it's just like I mentioned that. Well, when me and Paul were talking about it, when he jumped all over the guys to get like you know into the UFC, how many spots he's stolen? It's just like he's just such a hypocrite. End of the day, and yeah. I don't know how people can't see it. And if we come off as bitter, I suppose we're coming off as bitter. That's your opinion, but we're not. We're just saying it how it is. We're allowed to express our opinions. It's our podcast. If you don't like these opinions, then just check out, basically. Yeah. That's it. I'm pretty sure we're not going to be the only people to have these sort of opinions, by the sounds of it. No. No. So, uh, should I try and... Uh, are we done with Steam Punk then? Yeah, we're done with him. Right, I'll reach out to uh, Paul then, let him know if... Uh, um, See if he's ready. Uh, in the meantime, Renee, is there anything else? Oh, tell everyone about your OTE show and the great time that's going to be on it while I contact Paul. Yeah, so October, I got four gigs for the Over the Top Wrestling. It's based out of Ireland. Uh, it'll be on that because October, I'm heading over to Europe for a month. I leave October 5th. I got two shows in Germany. I think it's October 7th and 8th. And then uh, I go to Scotland. I think it might be Dundee on the 15th for a promotion called Scottish Wrestling Entertainment. And uh, I'm doing the big Super Clash event out of England on October 23rd. And I'm doing some other shows for EWP. And uh, again, OTT, Over the Top Wrestling. It's October 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. They got four shows. Is it Wexham, Wexham, England? Um, one's in Wolverhampton, isn't it? Wolverhampton, that's the show in England. I think it's their first time OTT is uh, branching out into England. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll come to that one. Yeah, that'll be on October 28th. Then we're doing uh, Dublin and Belfast, and then another show on Halloween in Wexham. Uh, Wexford, I think. Wexford, that's in Ireland. I think so. I think it was Wexford. I might be wrong, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it was Wexford. Yeah. And then uh, I'm doing a COW show in Germany on... That'll be my last show on uh, November 6th, I believe. So I'm looking forward to that European tour. I haven't been over there since the pandemic, so it's been about a good three years, maybe? Two years, three oh, years? Yeah. So I love, I love going over to Europe. I love the fans and I love uh, I love the style. The wrestlers over there are very talented. So, yeah, we yeah. Break so if you're out, if you're out and about, just look. Uh, we'll be promoting it on here. So for the fans in the UK and uh, all over Europe, I'll be promoting uh, all my shows on here. So just uh, stand by. If you're in the area, come out and say hi. So, uh, I've just invited Paul anyway, so he'll be joining us soon. Um, Speaking of UK shows, uh, me and my boys went to Clash at the Castle. So, um, yeah. Great show. Top the bottom. I saw the clip, man. And honestly, seeing that, seeing that house, you know, all those people there, man, it's, 
Oh, makes you miss it, you know? I was thinking that, like, for me, just as a fan watching it, and me boys, we got such a rush watching it and yeah. being surrounded by people. I can only imagine what it's like for yourself, Paul London, and the people that in the ring with with everyone watching them. I can only, I can't imagine what it's like. It's the greatest high in the world, pal. It's the greatest high in the world. Yeah, it was a it was a great night, and uh, like I said, everyone, I've, uh, I've I'm uploading my review. Um, it's good. It'll be out tomorrow. Uh, it was just like you know, I was waiting in the. Ca- the worst part of yesterday, uh, the other day, was the travel. The travel was fine, but when I got into Cardiff, took me an hour and a half to get parked. Um, and then after the show, we came out the show about ten o'clock. I was stuck in the car park till twelve o'clock, so we were stuck in the car park for two hours. Wow! And then, and then it was an hour and a half to get home, so I got home about half of one, give or take. <laughs> So, uh, uh, we had some super chats, man. While we're waiting for Paul, do you want to just answer those? Yeah, so uh, let's see. Uh, Josh Covey, uh, Crope, CM Punk, these EVPs uh, can't manage their targets. So, so uh, yeah, putting talent in positions of power and administration is a recipe for disaster because you're always going to take care of yourself. Yeah. And then you get those egos involved, dude. That's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Uh, Josh is quoting CM Punk tonight. Uh, coach shares a bank account with his mom. What the fuck, hello? <laughs> well, I share a business account with my mother, too. It's because we have shares. and it's. Uh, I have my own personal account, but I have a business account with my mom. So. Yeah. Um, Mark, thank you. Uh, no one even brought up Cabana, which was weird. Well, that was the thing. I know you just mentioned your relationship with Coke Cabana, but how he started talking about Cabana, uh, Nick Houseman from Wrestling Inc., I, I think he used to be friends with Cabana, and uh, it, uh, someone said, right, Nick Houseman from Wrestling Inc., uh, ask your question. And before the guy even got the chance to ask the question, which was funny because they called themselves. I'm the I'm great at doing the press calls. I'm thinking you didn't even ask a fucking question. <laughs> but Punk yeah. said, "Oh, you used to be your friends with uh, Coke Brand. Oh, I'm not friends with more. Oh no, and, he, and that's when he started going on a tirade against Coke Cabana. So, and then they was taking other questions from other people about something completely different. And Punk went back to talking about Coke Cabana. As he's eating chocolate donuts and eclairs because he's such the fucking athlete that he is. Yeah. Anyway. And that's another thing, people. If you complain, right, about us eating on this podcast, but you go and, you know, worship the unpunk who does the exact same thing, then you've got double standards. <laughs> to be fair, I don't eat during this podcast, but I do drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a bodybuilder or a fitness enthusiast, so I got to eat every two to three hours. Of course, I have it. I've been doing it for 20, over 25 years now. So you do that for tonight as well. I used to. When I was really obsessed, I would wake up in the middle of the night and usually make a protein shake. But since then, I actually got into fasting for a bit. And that, that was really. That's a great way to shock your body when you're dieting and stuff. And yeah. 
Saying you hit a plateau with dieting, then you start doing fasting. That'll like do that for two or three months. That'll shock your body. You'll get a lot of results. Then you go back to saying six meals a day. Then you'll you'll overstep that plateau that you had when before you started fasting. So, yeah, a few people actually. Uh, a lot of people enjoy your workout video with uh, little John, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, a few people have been asking you for about uh, diet tips as well. So perhaps. Bring out a video one day. Yeah, uh, show what your daily diet is when you. Yeah, home. yeah, I got some more. Uh, part two is going to come out possibly next weekend with Little John, and we're going to try to bring in some uh, some more attractive guests for our workouts. I'm working on it. You bring them, eh? Uh, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, over 550 people in the live chat. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Got any questions, uh, please send them in. Thank you for tuning in. If you need the channel, please uh, hit that subscribe button. It's only one little press for you, but to us, it's a really big deal. So please, if you do that, that'd be great. And also hit that like button. Uh, next question, uh, Shrimp Taco. Uh, thank you for the $5. Uh, shout out to James. How did you and the kids enjoy the uh, premium live event? They're not called pay-per-views anymore, Renee. Premium live events now. All right, because pay-per-view does... Oh, wait. AEW does pay per view, right? Their pay per views, yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, uh, well, you said you loved it, right? It was a great, great, great time. Yeah, really enjoyed it. My first show for about 18, 17 years. Uh, the, the funny thing was the last show I went to back in 2006, Edge was on the card. Fast forward uh, 16 years later, he's, he's still on the card. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually watched him either side of retirement, which is weird. And uh, when he when he came out and you know he stung hit the whole stadium was singing it. He was so over that night, so uh, which was great. Um, but yeah, Shrimp, uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, I haven't watched it on the network yet. I probably will just to see if I can spot myself. But um, yeah, loved it, and uh, my boys loved it. Uh, I've put the live vlog video out, so if anyone wants to check it out, you can do so. Uh, some great clips from there. So uh, let's see what we got. I think we've got some more here. Um, Paul should be joining us real soon. Well, I've got loads of chats here. Um, I'll catch up. Um, that, there, that was someone I was meant to ask uh, to see if you've worked with in the past because you've done European scenes. Did you ever work with uh, Walter? No. But that would that'd be a guy I'd really, I think we could really, really tear it up. I like his style. I like the hard hitting. I think, yeah, there's a lot of talent there that I never got in the ring with, but I know I could just tear it up with, right? I know you don't watch WWE that much these days, but if you had to check out one match from the weekend, if you enjoy that hard hitting style, you have to watch his match with uh, Sheamus. Oh, yeah. Great match, honestly, a proper host match, hard hit match. So, yeah. fully recommend it to everyone in the chat. If you haven't seen it, please do so. And um, we've got someone joining us, Renee. Oh, oh, <laughs> he's on commute. Yeah, laughing already. Well, I'm just leave that uh, you guys are done talking about all that nonsense. <laughs> 
Yeah, so for all the fans in the chat, uh, no more no more questions or statements about uh, he, shall, he who shall not be named going forth <laughs> during this live stream. We got two of them now. Oh, that was <laughs> we got two more? Uh, so we got two of them now. We've got him and we've got the other he who shall not be named version one. Oh, that guy. Uh. Yeah, I mean, we have better stuff to talk about, don't we? Like, you know, how do you fucking make hot dogs? How do you, you know, make mac and cheese? You know, the people want to know. <laughs> they don't give a shit about this wrestling stuff. Come on. It's all there's fun. Another, there's another question on here. Uh, do you want to bring it up? Yeah. Master Thomas, thank you. Uh, do you think that MGF would be better off somewhere else than AEW? And have you met anyone that stays in character no matter what? That's a good question. I think that was more the norm back in the day in the old school where guys would stay in character. And I think that's a big... Because that MGF guy, I think he uh, he studies wrestling and stuff and he has a lot of old school values to him. So uh, I think that's why he, uh, I mean, he's talented, right? Kid's talented. Wasn't that yeah. better, though, the times when people would stay in character? I mean, I uh, I remember as a kid changing planes from my family went to Florida or something for a holiday and on the way back, but we were changing planes and, um, all these WWF guys came out of one of the gates and this is right before the rockers broke up and Sean and Marty were walking so far away from each other. And Sean had this kind of look on his face, just kind of distressed and uh, was still nice enough to sign an autograph for me. I chased him down, but, um, you know, cause I was like 12 or something. I don't know. Um, but, but, you know, Cap, the story was going on, they were having issues. And this is at an airport, um, you know, and so it just, I think anything that you can do to make the audience believe in the performance, you do it, you commit to it. And if you're not about that life, then you probably are in the wrong business. And sadly, that's what we see today is just the, the constant marking out for self and the desire for um, likes and for people that they'll never meet or see in real life to, to gush on them and to buy, 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 you know, buy stuff off my wish list and like buy me a bed and like buy me a fucking month's worth of M&Ms and like just get a fucking life. <laughs> Honestly, you know, fucking life. But if you're a performer, then maintain the illusion. If you can't do that, then you fucking suck. Another another part of the question: Do you think you would be better off elsewhere? Well, the only place I think you'd make Japan. I don't think he would. Uh, no, physically, he wouldn't. Well, with his style and his size, and well, not necessarily. Well, yeah, his size. They like 
They like bigger guys. But yeah, but he's not very he's not he's not very durable. Right. You know? Yeah, he he he'd probably get the shit kicked out of him and want to leave. Uh, oh. as far as WWE, he's a great talker, but he's not gonna be able to well maybe now with the son in law's regime he might have more creative freedom to talk yeah. on his own. But can he work yeah. on top? I mean, does it look believable? Because he's about 5'8", 200 pounds, putting him against Roman Reigns, putting him against Brock Lesnar. You understand? Look at all the top main event guys. It's a, a question of believability. You understand? Yeah. I could, see, I could see him being like a Bobby Heenan type manager, though, in WWE. Right? With his yeah. talking ability. Because Bobby Heenan was a great fucking worker, too. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't put anyone in the same conversation with Heenan. It's not – it's just not, not doable. Uh, there will yeah. never be another one. So, you know, yeah, I think – yeah, he could be obviously a great manager. But, you know, I think a lot of – a lot of his fans especially would be really curious to see what what he would be molded into – working in that uh, higher production value, um, years of professionalism. Like in terms of people who've been in the business uh, for, a, for a while and for the right reasons for the most part, um, I never thought I'd be putting WWE over on anybody, but you know, they have a training facility. They, they would mold him into what they want. So I think – I'm not saying it would be good or bad. I'm just saying I think a lot of the curiosity is there, and I think a lot of people were um, hoping that he would that he would show up somewhere else. But you know, he seems like a smart guy and seems to to know what's uh, what's going to pay him and where he's going to have the freedom to do what he wants to do. And you know, good luck to him. Uh. We're doing our record numbers tonight. We've got over 620 people on the live stream. Oh! How many? Over 620. That's like Jeez. six times the amount of... Uh... <laughs> no, don't mention these names. Don't mention... I want to go one week. <laughs> okay. Was that three people that Sean Lovey mentioned? <laughs> Christ, the list is getting longer and longer. Well, we always seem to, when we speak about certain people, they seem to get really upset and they threaten us with lawsuits and shit, so I just want to avoid them. <laughs> yeah, or they give us homophobic slurs like fruity boots. We should make that into a t-shirt. We should. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. What happened to us? Okay, what's the other question from, uh, is that Australia? Yep, RD Machine, thank you. Uh, are you guys going to watch Raw? Are you watching it tonight, Renee? Oh, no, no. Actually, I might actually, because you said it's been getting good, right? Yeah. Christ, I might try. I got called a Mac, by the way, because someone said I watch Raw. And I'm like, <laughs> my reply was. Uh, someone that has a wrestling podcast watches wrestling. Mind blown. <laughs> you fucking Mark. Fucking yeah. Mark. How dare you? <laughs> Honestly, so, there's a thing. It's like um, 
when I went to the show at the weekend, and uh, I, I put up the vlog of like me and the boys, and uh, I saw some like people. James really thought Drew was gonna win, and uh, I'm like, yeah. But the thing is, it was great because I allowed myself just to be a fan for them yeah. three hours, and it's the best. Re it's the best time I've spent watching wrestling for years now. I, it's different because I was there, but especially the main event between Drew and Roman, I honestly just felt like a, va a fan, and I really wanted. I really bought into it. I couldn't hit myself. I bought into it, and I was really hoping Drew would win. And when he lost, I was fucking gutted. <laughs> but it was great just to be a fan again. Did he lose the way that you had predicted? I think last time we spoke, you said someone um, might destroy No. Um, I thought Tyson Fury would have interfered and knocked Drew out. Um, but no, uh, they actually, him and uh, Tyson Fury actually had a sing-along after the cameras stopped rolling, <laughs> which was fun. Um but well, now someone else interfered on Rowan's behalf. And, uh, well, it, the other Uto brother, I didn't realize how many kids Rikishi got. <laughs> um, but he's got like three kids in WWE now. And um, so it was this other brother who made his debut, Solo Tika. Uh, it was a great match. But yeah, it was just gutting because I thought I was hoping Drew would get his bulldog moment. But uh, it wasn't to be. But it was a great match either way. But it was just great just to sit there and be a, uh, be a fan again. Yeah. Did anyone uh, acknowledge the Cafe de Renee sign? Oh, a few people actually came up to me and said hello. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it felt great. It's like there's these uh, guys who has this other podcast, uh, Chat Grapple and Cheap Pop, so I'll give them a shout out. Uh, they came up, we said hello, took some pictures. And yeah, a few people, uh, someone said, James, James. I went, what? James, Cafe de Renee. I went, yeah, James, I love the show. I watch every week. I went, oh, cheers, mate. And uh, there was another couple of people outside, and uh, another guy while I sat down, uh, Thomas, uh, he uh, gave me a handshake, you know, pleasure to meet you and stuff. And I was like, yeah, thanks very much. Hope you enjoyed the show and that. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of felt like a little bit of a celebrity. <laughs> very cool. James is getting over. Speaking <laughs> uh, of something that's not getting over, Dave Batista's uh, nose ring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would Renee rather spend one hour in the AEW locker room or one hour conversation with Shelly Martinez? I would definitely get into a heated argument either way, probably more than likely. <clears throat> and probably a physical altercation in the locker room in AEW. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do it. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's the thing. When you put certain people who are politicians in the boss's ear, then other people who are talented and that person knows they can get themselves over are going to be blackballed or talking. You understand? That's the way, not only there now, but that's just the way wrestling business works, dude. I hope the boss invites me to his Christmas party. I hope I get to go to his birthday party. I hope I get to go to his boat, go to his mansion. I just want to be his friend. Ellis Jones' death. Looking good, Paul. Looking real good. <laughs> okay, Ellis. we got to come up. We got to start coming out with some of these merchandising, dude. Uh, do you see the uh, picture we got tagged in, Paul? Where's Paul? 
the picture we got. The picture we got on social media, where's Paul and there's you dressed up like, where's Wally? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. I I would expect uh, another lawsuit from somebody. I don't know. You can't do that. Everyone's suing everybody today, aren't they? Or these days. Uh, Instead of handling it like the old days. Arty Machines, thank you again. Uh, James, did you watch the WCW match that WWE posted on a YouTube channel? It's a good one. Probably the best two segment matches I've seen. Um, I don't know what match you're talking about, Arty. If you can just uh, write in again, um, don't need to pay for a super chat. Just let me know or message me on Twitter. I'm sure I'll have a look at it. I um, don't know what match you're on about. I'm sure it'll be good, though. More questions for me than you, mate, Renee. <laughs> yep. Uh, here's one for you, Renee. Uh, any stories of your dad having to keep kayfabe? <laughs> I don't know if this answers your question, but one time, my, my dad's top heel at the time was called Killer Call Croup. All right, try doing that gimmick nowadays. Killer Call Croup, KKK. Not gonna oh. So. <laughs> So it was, after, it was after the matches, and uh, Killer had a flat tire. Oh, no, no, no. It was outside the arena. He had so much heat that the, the, the fans uh, punctured his tire, and he had the fucking had a flat tire, right? And then my father's working a program with him, so he just took off. And the next day, Killer called up my daddy yelling at him, why didn't you help me fucking fix the flat tire? It's because we're in a program together, you fucking idiot. Why the fuck am I going to help the fucking top heel <laughs> change his tire in front of all the fans? Because all the fans were there. <laughs> yeah. So, that's just one. Uh, didn't uh, Jim Knight uh, do uh, a spot in the match uh, for some show and he was dressed up as a Q Clux fan member? Uh, possibly. I remember hearing a story about one of the hearts. I think it might have been Smith. And he went over to Germany, and he uh, he he made like a little Hitler mustache, and he stuck a potato down his tights, and like did like the Hail Hitler in Germany, and he got kicked. Well, he started a riot, but then they got like kicked out of the country and fired. Right. Well, we oh, were, we Paul, were you on the were you on the card in Germany when fucking Bradshaw yeah. did that? Yeah, he, he goosed it. it. He got, got like kicked off of his radio show or something. No, it was like Fox and Friends TV show, or whatever, wasn't it? Or was it a radio show? Yeah, it might have been the radio show. Oh, Paul froze. Yeah. We'll be back soon. <laughs> you got a question waiting for him as well. Um, did you ever watch that? I, I know it's off topic. Did you ever watch the uh, Chappelle show? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, <laughs> where, where he plays uh, uh, Tyrant Bigum? That's right. Yeah. Right, the, the black white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> we can't tell him he's black because he's that comedian to kill himself. <laughs> They asked him why did he leave his wife of over thirty years because she was a a, a black man lover. So well, he was the N word lover, but 
that was just fucking funny. Oh, I would love to do a review of Chappelle's show. I, I love oh. the fucking uh, Charlie Murphy stories. With- Charlie Murphy! <laughs> 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 fucking correction, <laughs> 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 yeah, he's by far one of the top comedians ever. He's fucking hilarious, man. Uh, he was in the UK beginning of this year and I missed it, but if ever he comes back, I'm definitely watching it. He doesn't care. He just says jokes and he doesn't care. He's one of them. He's too big to get cancelled now. So he'll just come out with any joke. No, no, dude. So, Paul, kind of like- Paul, do you guys remember when he was offered that $50 million deal from uh, Comedy Network and then he fucking he, he just took off to South Africa? No. Oh, there's a there's a thing on YouTube. You guys gotta check it out. It's uh, in the actor's studio. It's like a sit down with uh, I forget the guy's name, but he just, but then he gives his reasoning for fucking doing it, and it's like, oh my god, I can relate so much to this guy. Just how they want to take his idea. <clears throat> they want to give him a bunch of money, but it wasn't about the money. They just want to change everything about it, and just because he made it so popular. That they, okay, we're gonna take your idea, your name, and we're gonna give you a bunch of money, but now we're gonna fucking put restrictions on you and water you down and right. And he said, Fuck this, because he can independently yeah. go anywhere in the world, sell out an arena, and do it and make a hell of a good living a living for himself, and he doesn't need that shit. Right. And do his own create his own ideas, his own, you know what I mean? I can relate so much to that, you know, because let's face it, we're all live entertainers. And there's a lot of similarities between comedians, wrestlers, musicians, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the good ones, you know, they should have their own, their own, um, their own standards in terms of what they, what they want to put out there. And when it starts uh, getting watered down, or they start just making content, just to make content, it's like it's to me that's cool. They start just stale you know it gets fucking stale it does and i don't think comedians should be censored i think that's that's a that's a real hindrance to their craft and you know um i think ricky gervais is putting out some really good stuff lately as well that's one of your boys Dude, Ricky Gervais, when he did that, what was it? Was it the Oscars or the Emmys? Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. With that line he said about uh, Epstein, I know he's all your friend. You had to get here on your own planes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Weinstein. Uh, You talk about the film Bird Box, where you walk around with your eyes closed and pretend nothing's wrong. Kind of like working for Harvey Weinstein, and all right. the audience was like, "Ooh!" And he right. said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You did it, not me. You shut the fuck up." Right. <laughs> it was so true. Yeah. No man, like I think Paul will agree. I compare that so much to what this predicament that WWE is in now with the the chair, the former chairman, right? Yeah, yeah, sense. Fuck, dude! It's like everybody knew, but you can, and anybody that spoke up. Oh, he's bitter. He's crazy. They make him out to look like a fucking, you know, an old bitter sour grapes employee when they're just trying to speak the truth. They're so bitter. Oh, I can't take it. These fucking, these fucking nobodies. Yeah. You're watching us, dick fuck. 
No, it's it's like a lot of people. I know Paul doesn't want to talk about he hell shall not be named, but <laughs> the topic of this podcast or this today's live stream was one said individual who was in the media. The reason why a lot of us call him out because that guy hinders a lot of fucking people's careers by using his political bullshit. And you see how close he was with the boss during that little fucking uh, press conference. You think the boss ain't listening to him and taking his ideas and fucking shutting certain people down who could make that company a lot of money? That's all I'm saying. Here to elevate, okay? Here to elevate everybody. Come on. Yeah, you're right. No more bitterness. Right. Here to elevate. (laughs) Oh, Paul, Paul, look who it is. Uh Oh, your sugar mama. He's cute. Uh, hey, Bay, referring to Paul London. How do you guys feel about today's wrestling and all the drama that's going on? Making it interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, the drama's more interesting than the shows, right? Hence but... the reason why I, I honestly feel that this could be possibly all just set up. Because I know for a fact that they're using these Mark dirt sheet because all these mark writers right dirt sheet writers they want to right. be in the so bad right they want to be involved so now they're getting the opportunity to do so and to push you know the shit i don't know paul take, take it from here yeah i mean but at the same time that's that's giving a lot of credit that they would know how to actually work a um work a crowd, you know, like that, that's giving them a lot of credit that they would be able to actually pull off something of the kayfabe uh, magnitude and and work people. I don't I don't see them having that kind of uh, that kind of talent, that kind of patience, that kind of credibility. Like I, I just you know, I think and that's that's one of the reasons I refuse to talk about it is because let every other fucking dipshit show or podcast or news site or whatever let them talk. I mean that's all these fucking dipshits want is people to talk about them. So right, you're them. absolutely right, Paul. So I'm the voice of reason. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's, now you're giving me more credibility than I. But yeah. <laughs> I, I just um, there's just better stuff to talk about you know and I keep up with what my friends are doing in the business so when people think like that I know more than I lead on to or something I really don't I just whatever comes across my feed that my friends are posting and I see what they're doing or I talk with them occasionally. Um, that's where I get my news source, or from funny sites that post, you know, bloopers and botches and shit that I think is funny. It's funny to me. Like, sorry, a lot of you fucking people get hurt. Be like, oh, they didn't. It wasn't a botch. They meant to do that. Like, no. When you're unathletic. And untalented or poorly trained or untrained, mistakes are more likely to happen, and your technique is more likely to look like shit. 
and your delivery and execution is more likely to look like shit. Hence, why fuck-ups and botches tend to happen. Poor communication. I mean, there's a list of reasons botches occur. And so, you know, it's no different than, like, Shacked in a Fool, which I think is a great segment that, like, Shaq put together where it's all these bloopers from NBA games and stuff. Shacked in a Fool is hilarious. I love that, that little segment that he shows. Um, so, you know, botches, the, you know, to varying degrees are, are really meant to be laughed at. I know I've, I've fucked up tons of times. Um, so, you know, all you can do is kind of laugh about it. Unless somebody's seriously injured, then it's just a straight-up accident. It's, it's horrific and it's un- unfortunate. Speaking um, of which, did you see um, the bot from uh, last night? Um, Tommy Guevara was tagging with his wife, Kay Conte, and it was against uh, Ruby Soho and someone else. And uh, Tommy had the former Ruby Wyatt, Heidi Lovelace. Uh, I don't know if you came across that back in the day, Paul, in R8 or something. Um, yeah. I met her at a couple of shows independently, I think, like for Beyond Wrestling or something. She's nice. Yeah. Uh, well, essentially, the easiest way to explain it, Sammy had a, you know, in like the Alabama, you know, when Hollywood gave someone ready for the Alabama Slam, but like reverse. So, yeah, like her back with his back. So while she's like hanging on his back uh, downward, his wife went to like give her a drop kick. And as she did, he dropped her, but dropped her where she nearly snapped her neck, essentially. <laughs> like, landed on her neck like that. I was like, geez. So, fortunately, I think she's okay, um, but it could have been a lot worse. So, she landed like the... Like this, basically. She landed like the foster dad in Child's Play 2 when he gets his ankle hooked and he falls down the stairs and... Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, I have to relate shit oh, now. No, I'm laughing at the boss. I'm laughing at Paul. That, no, yeah. I know. I have to, I, that's how I relate shit is horror movies. Horror movies. Because, like, to be fair, like, a, lot of, a lot of these watches belong in a horror movie. <laughs> God. Yeah. That's, um, it's, it's, just, it's just, it's just, yeah, what happened to her? Did Break something or? I I, th- I think uh, she might have busted a nose from the drop kick. I think I'm not 100 percent sure. Everyone, please let me know. I think she might be okay though. Fingers crossed, but because she's had injuries in the past, so fingers crossed she's okay. Sorry. That's the thing though. Like you, she's had injuries in the past to her nose. I think she might have broken nose uh, oh. from the drop kick. Possibly, I'm not sure. Uh, or grab that right or something, but I think fortunately, as for her neck, I think she's fine. Fingers crossed. That's the thing, though. Like, even if you're not feeling it right away, those neck injuries, man, that shit goes yeah. back to haunt you long term. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I sleep like shit, and I wake up, and my neck is like if I were to fall asleep, like on a plane, sitting down like this. Yeah. I literally have to push my own head back up. I can't. I can't move it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when I fall asleep on planes, I'll be like this, right? And then when I wake up, I have to like forcefully put my neck back into place. 
now. Yeah, I'll just park a little closer to me, you fucking prick. Um, <laughs> do the fucking podcast. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I hate you, Paul. <laughs> I find no. myself in that way as well. You're so lovely, Paul. So cheerful and full of... Please touch my car. <laughs> we'll try to catch up with a couple of things, Jeff. Uh, Josh, thank you again. Uh, thoughts on Freddie Prince Jr.'s promotion, Breaking Ground, and offering Bray Wyatt big money. Uh, Prince also said he wanted on Tubi or Roku streaming. Uh, Paul, what do you think? That's the first I've heard of it. I don't know. I mean, I think um, if you're offering him, I, I mean, big money could be, you know, who's to say exactly what that means. But uh, I think, I think if you're offering him money to be a form of uh, Bray Wyatt, the wild hillbilly or whatever his character was, then that's a smarter route than offering him money to be, you know, a, a, a cast off from Spirit Halloween. Um, you know, some, you know, that, that, yeah. I mean, I, The Fiend is, that's unwatchable for me. Yeah. Even though the masks and all that stuff, like Tom Savini made those, which is amazing. Like, I'm a huge Tom Savini fan. And, but I just, I think, um, I don't know. I don't know what the approach is that Freddie Prince is going for. Is he going for like more of a sports entertainment type thing, or is he going more for like a professional wrestling, like NWA? Where you know, um, if I had to say, I would say more sports entertainment because he did write for WWE, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. and because he's from movies and TV. You would think he would be going that sort of way. That that's just my opinion, but I could be wrong. But I've got a feeling that's the sort of way he would actually go. Myself. Yeah, who knows? And I would hope that you know, if he does, that he would. I would imagine he has more creativity than any of the writers on any of the wrestling shows right now. Uh, certainly more experienced than you know in terms of entertainment. Uh, you know, and his, you know, speaking of comedians, like his his father was a real classic comedian from, you know, back in the day that was taken too soon as well. But um, so it's in his blood. But yeah, I, I'm in, I'm really you know I'm, yeah I'm excited to see what he does and like what what they put forth. Um, so he's he's definitely going for a big a big heavy hitter, I guess. So that's, that's got to be some form of a sign, right? Rondo Rousey, still in the charisma. That's a great name. <laughs> uh, did you see the guy for the better dad from Ben Lasher? I saw a picture of him. Uh, did I tell you? No. Uh, there was a guy at the event I went to. He had a t-shirt on saying, I'm a better dad from Chris Benoit. Oh. Yeah. Good for yeah, I'm like, yeah, good for you. You haven't made it your child. Like, you know, well done. So, um, what a piece of shit. Probably, uh, imagine having that with your father. Um, Ishmael, uh, besides, he shall not be named. Uh, 
Did you see Swerve disrespect Tony Khan in the press there and cut him off? He also threatened to legit hurt the acclaim of the match. Uh, I did not see that. I didn't watch the uh, full press. I just watched who shall be not be named segment. We need to give him another name because that's just a mouthful every time. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, man. Like, you know, uh, that Tony Khan guy is looking to be like fucking a pushover. And like, that's the last thing you want when you're don't let the fucking boys start to run you, man, because once they, they it's like sharks, man. Once they taste blood, they're all over you, bro. And they'll fucking, you know what I mean? They will eat you up. Yeah. Sharks do. Right. They'll you up. Yeah. Apparently, he had a locker room meeting, and he said to the locker room, I'm not going to be a pushover. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Tony said that? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Poor little feller. Uh, Kaylee, thank you for the five pound. Uh, finally caught a live show. Oh, thank you for joining us, Kaylee. Uh, Paul, you've mentioned going for acting auditions during your time in WWE. Did they allow that? That was a good question. They... Um... They didn't know about it when it would happen on my own time, but because they had nothing to do with it, they never got auditions for me. They never bothered. Um, it was really kind of a matter of who they wanted to, to push in that regard, you know? So I remember there was a time towards the end of my run there when they had auditioned a bunch of people for, one of those terrible Marine movies, uh, like Marine 4, I can't remember. If I've been the third one, I don't know. Um, DBRC Jr. was in the second, wasn't he? I'm sorry? DBRC Jr. was in the second one? Yeah, was he? Okay, so, yeah, I mean, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't see it, but... Uh, you didn't mention like, anything. <laughs> they had like Ryan Reed Ford and stuff. I'm like, this he has no fucking idea what acting is. Um so I mean I didn't read for it. Uh so I, I think it was just a matter of who they who they wanted to put in situations like that in terms of their kind of crappy uh straight to video movies. Um but no, all the auditions that I did were all ones that my reps got for me. Um, I remember I did land. There was this uh, this band, Los Lonely Boys, that were coming up at the time, and I had booked the lead in like one of their big music videos, and WWE came in and cut that and took that. You know, it, you know, I was like something where I wasn't booked. And then all of a sudden I was booked on this thing and I had to go and like blah, blah, blah. And so that was, that was pretty Paul, shitty. you're an independent yeah. contractor. How can they control? Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's always a big control power game up there. That's really what it's all about. If you are looking to give up your life and your privacy and, uh, Handed into it, put it in the hands of people who really don't care whether you live or die, as long as you 
attempt to make them some money or you know then then that's the place for you um, it's, like, it's like the time it's like the time i got offered that sponsorship with muscle tech supplements right like i, right. I earned that before i got to wwf <clears throat> because i won a fucking national contest and then being told that no you can't have that and then <laughs> and then they All give right. it to a guy like dave batista which just because he's <laughs> workout, workout partners with the son-in-law, and that's who they decide to push, right? So yeah. How many national contests did you win at 17? None. Okay. Hey, or I'm talking about uh, oh, the animal. Drunk <laughs> Palumbo? Palumbo. They, call, they purposely call him Chunk? Chunk. He was in really good shape. I yeah, love, I really uh, love that was a typo. I like Chuck. I, I interviewed him. He was a great guy. Same here. Uh, Chuck was cool. He I talked to really liked the guy, yeah. Yeah, he always did his own thing. He was never really, like, part of a, a clique or a group of guys. Like, he was always kind of his own guy. And in that company, that's the kind of thing that can work against you when they sense that you're not one that's easily swayed or runs with the pack or kisses ass, then that becomes something that kind of gets used against you. Um, so I know that he had friends and stuff up there. It wasn't that he was a loner or whatever, but he tended to be more his own guy than a guy who would, you know, jump in when everyone's, uh, hazing somebody or trying to fill them up or something. So Chuck was cool. I mean, everyone, I never knew anybody that had to be with them or whatever. And he's a big, he's a big fucking guy too. So yeah. he's very, he could hold his own. <laughs> yeah. You're throwing down a little bit. Um, Paul, I can hear all sorts of stuff in the background when you're talking. Turn what? My air down? Uh, I don't know. I could just hear like all sorts of sounds like when you're speaking. It's just I can hear you, but I can hear like 50 million other things. How's that? He can, he can hear the help, help from the trunk. That's right. <laughs> That's better. I know I'm out and about. So I. Uh, That's a lot better. Everyone needs to shut the fuck up. I'm trying to do a goddamn podcast here. Okay? <laughs> God damn it, motherfuckers. Especially you. <laughs> That's your fucking coffin. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sorry, my guys. What happened? Funga, Funga, thank you. Any great Cali stories? Um, Just the one time me, Tess, and Kali went and got blood tests or blood, uh, or blood drawn in um, New York, it was to get our uh, 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 green cards for United States, right? Oh, I thought it was like a DNA test. No. You but are just, the father. Just walking in a hospital with those two big motherfuckers, just the the just the, the heads turning, man. Just when people like saw, it, especially him. And Tess was a big guy too. He's like six six two eighty, but Kali's yeah. a fucking giant. That was yeah, just a sight a sight to see, right? People turning their heads and whispering, you know. Kali was cool though. I, I always thought he was a pretty cool guy. I mean, it was it was like the closest you'd ever 
come to interacting with like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Because <laughs> he kind of walks the same. His chin, man. His chin has like, I don't know, man. It's like a chin yeah. on a chin. Uh, but I remember uh, the stories coming out of Deep South when he was down there. Uh, I think that was like in McDonough, Georgia or something, just south of Atlanta. And that uh, he would, like, people would go over to his apartment. I don't know, for whatever reason, he would keep his apartment over 100 degrees. Like, even in the like, summer, he would turn the heater on wow. or something so that he would feel like more at home or something. Uh, so I just thought, God, that's. <laughs> his wife is like five foot tall, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I met her one time. She's fucking tiny. <laughs> you will never leave me. Yeah, I mean, literally, his hand is bigger than her head. He's a big fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, he also, yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh, uh, thank you. Uh, breaking news The brawl backstage was Ace Steel, slash, he or shall not be named. Against the EVPs, Ace uh, Ace Steel threw a chair at Bucks and, and Omega had his hair grabbed. <laughs> I'm hoping it's that this That I believe. Oh, they're doing hairs. I think if there was actually a brawl, it would have made more actual headlines. I think fighting over a video game controller isn't really. Um, a brawl, but the hair pulling I could definitely have seen have been something that went down uh, from behind. Autocorrect, it was from Meltzer and Alvarez. Oh, Meltzer and Alvarez, so it has to be true. How many yeah. stars did the brawl get? Yeah. yeah. Is it going to be brawl of the year? <laughs> bunga bunga. Imagine all these motherfuckers in an actual brawl for all, like in that actual brawl fall tournament. That, that's what fucking AEW should do. You want to actually get people to watch your stupid show is get these motherfuckers in an actual brawl for all yes. and just expose your whole locker room more than they expose themselves. But let's see who the real tough guys are down there, please. Like, I would, let's let's see. Put them in there with Hager. Hager. Put them in there with, uh... Who would you back? Jake Hager? He's pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's he's probably the got the most MMA experience down there, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'm reading some of these comments, these super chats coming up. It's going to get even oh, it's going to get even better. Let's get to this one. Bunga bunga! If 25k is a live drunk stream. Can we watch you shower at thirty k? Doop doop. You go to hundred k with him alive. At a hundred k, me and Paul shower together, dude. dude. <laughs> bunga bunga, boys. Bunga bunga. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, oh, that's what I forgot to mention. Uh, Malachi Black, the former Alistair Black, who left. WWE to join right. AEW. He's uh, requested his release, and after his six-man tag, I refuse to call it a trios match. I call it a six-man. Uh, after a six-man match, um, when the cameras was away from him, apparently he was bowing to the audience, waving and blowing kisses. So 
Looks like he's leaving AEW. Oh, that's what a dark man. that's what a dark arts wizard would do. Yeah. Well uh, the camera. Allegedly he's asking for his release. I mean, I know why he's asking for his release if he has. It's because Triple H has took over. He wants to work for Triple H again. But so it said he's suffering from mental depression and he doesn't like the way his character is being portrayed. Well, I'm thinking. Okay so, okay, so if he uses like, "Hey, I'm having mental issues," that's like a publicly that means like he really wants out. And if Tony doesn't grant him his release, that'll make him look like a heel, right, Tony? Yeah. Because you know, how dare you not? This guy, you know, has bipolar disorder or depression, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I think have mental issues nowadays. We're all fucked. We're all fucking. Yeah. A long time ago, being crazy meant something. Now everybody's crazy, so who gives a fuck? Fashionable. Daryl Duff, sorry. Uh, Bonjour, James, Paul, and Renee. This Dono is for Paul. Cheers. Thank you, Daryl. That's 950 Canadian, man. That's like 250 American. (laughs) Thank you, Daryl. Very cool, you man. Very cool. Appreciate the Dono. Uh, the champ thoughts on the Ben, ben chat. I've, we've already spoke to him, champ. Uh, thank you for the super chat, but we've already spoke to it about him, and yeah. I don't want to talk about that piece of shit again. That dad is probably covering up some pretty vile shit. So yeah, people have unique senses of humor. I guess that one's not very. Know, I forgot to laugh. I'd like to know who printed that shirt. That's even more important. Did he make it himself, or is that an actual oh, Oh, wrestling team. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Dave Batista's nose drink. Uh, thoughts on Dominic Mysterio, he'll turn. Did you catch that? Uh, I didn't see it. Uh, let's be honest. I mean, uh, uh, I love I love Ray to death. I mean, he was a great, great guy. Unbelievable talent, uh, legend. But would that Dominic guy really be on television if his father wasn't Ray Mysterio? Um, I've uh, I've gave my thoughts in the review, but to sum it up, um, yeah, like what Renee said, um, I don't he's not bad in the ring, but he's very very plain, and he looks like a thirteen year old child. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think he's about how old is Dominic? Fourteen. No, he must be must be in his twenties. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I saw it live, um, low blowed edge at the end, and he attacked his dad. Uh, be interesting to see a father son feud. The only other one in WWE I can remember is Vincent Shane, so I think this is the only one in WWE history. Uh, so it's interesting. Um, hopefully, it gives them a bit more character and see how it goes. So, um, we can only so do that. 25. I saw the chat, 25, yeah. 25. Uh, it's crazy when you watch him and you remember the ladder match Ray had with Eddie for Dominic Custody. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's crazy. Uh, Jimmy, don't let him hear. Don't let him near Mike Rave. Don't know. That's Jimmy, like. don't let him near a Mike Rave. Rest in peace to Jimmy Rave as well. He was a dude that passed away. Yeah, yeah, he he passed away. Yeah, yeah, was sad. Um, first time I'm um, catching a live video. Thoughts on Ace Steel? Uh, do you just want to talk about him? 
I don't even know him. Never met him. Yeah, I'd only met him a few times, and he was always a cool guy. He came backstage. Like, he was he was up for, like, local tryouts and stuff, and he was always a straight-up guy, you know? But, um, yeah, I don't. I, I just don't really know him outside of that. But certainly nothing negative or whatever, and he's always been a solid worker. So, you know. Olivia said to you off camera, Paul, yeah, we're only going an hour tonight, and you just responded by a laughing emoji. <laughs> no, we're fucking not. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, I have to watch Raw now. So, I mean. You have to? Has it already started? No, it comes on here in about 40 minutes. Don't right. say that. Now people are going to be like, they'll stay on for another 40 minutes. Yay. Oh, did you want to go away? Did you want to go away? No, I'm 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 where I need to be. I'm just waiting. So until you know, Party Machine, the WCW match, the WCW match was DDP three Hollywood Hogan, Raw. Uh, sorry, Nitro in ninety seven ninety eight was probably the best wrestling program in his opinion. Not to disagree, WCW Nemius was great. In ninety seven, ninety seven ninety eight. When did they start losing money? Ninety nine, I think. No, I think they started losing money in '98. I don't know, Renee. I think they made. I think '98 was their record year for money. I might be wrong. Well, we'll have to look into that. Yeah, we'll look yeah. into it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I myself, I think '97 is probably the best one, of the best years in wrestling because uh, Raw was great because Brett turned heel, and I loved that Heart Foundation for the America storyline so much. I'll be right back, guys. I want a coffee also, Renee. Yeah, I dug 97-98 WCW, and yeah, I agree. I think after that, it started to um, get a little out of it. Yeah, C412. Does Paul have any diet or workout advice? Uh, I'm a huge fan of rowing, like the rowing machine. Um, I feel that that's an amazing full body workout. Well, not so much on your legs, but it's uh, it's a great cardiovascular workout. Great for your back, your arms. Um, I mean, obviously, anything that you do exercise wise, form is more important than the weight because if you've You've seen it at gyms. There's lots of guys who are trying to like they're, they're they're humping this weight up and all this stuff, and they're really not lifting this, this weight. So the form is really more important. Um, I'm surprised this this is more of a Renee question, really. Uh, <laughs> you know, back in my days when I would compete on the uh, bodybuilding circuit, uh, but you know, diet is really kind of the most important thing <laughs> over working out. Um, wouldn't you say, Renee, that diet wh – where does diet fall in play in terms of uh, seeing results from the gym? It's like 80%. 85%. There you go. So, yeah. um, But I think as long as you're doing something that is raising your heart rate, then you're in good position. You're obviously trying to uh, take in the right kind of calories and the right kind of uh, nourishment. You know, because you got to think of like food and everything is 
as coal that you're putting in the furnace to the locomotive. And if you're uh, just putting a bunch of bullshit in your system, then you're not only not going to see results, but you're not going to be able to perform as well either. So, um, but I'm a big, big proponent of warming up before you stretch. I don't know how guys get to the gym and just start lifting without stretching or warming up. I've never done that. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me because I think you have to warm up your muscles to get them elasticated, which, you know, by stretching and everything. Whereas I think if you don't do that, it's very much, I always use the, the example of um, Laffy Taffy. It's like if you put Laffy Taffy in, if you just leave Laffy Taffy out on the counter on a hot day, it's going to get naturally to where it stretches very naturally. You put it in the freezer and then try and bend it, it's going to break. And so it's, you know, it's, so it's, it's very similar. You know, your muscles need to warm up somewhat. So also a big fan of jump rope. Um, which is more of a full body workout because you're definitely working your legs. Anyone who's doing any kind of squats or anything too, especially like bad knees, something that I learned years ago when I was a personal trainer for the elderly was um, really, I mean, the big idea is you're doing squats and leg presses and you're pressing off with your, your feet and your toes. And everything. But if you put all that weight on your heels, um, it'll really focus on the right muscle groups, uh, which are the, the muscles of your legs. Whereas if you put all the weight on your toes, it's going to put a lot of pressure on your knees as well. So when you're doing squats or leg presses, put all that weight on your heels and, uh, and you'll feel it. You'll feel a lot better and it'll definitely be safer for your knees. I know that I've got anyone who's done wrestling is going to have some fucked up knees. Especially if you're not wearing knee pads like Renee did for so long. Do you wear knee pads now? Yeah. Okay. Have you yeah, ever I worn? Did, I didn't for a period there. I just didn't bother. Have you ever worn a knee brace? Like, have you ever had serious knee injuries or anything? I've been lucky, man. Never. The only injury that I ever had was hernia, and that was wow. <clears throat> initiated by our mutual friend Fertig. <laughs> when we were in, uh, yeah, it was a WWE tryout in Cincinnati, and we had a a match, and he deadweighted me on a buddy slam. And he's a big dude; he's like two seventy. Yeah, I, I got him up, but in the, I initiated the hernia, abdominal hernia, when he did that. And he also concussed me about two times with clotheslines on purpose. Sounds like a good time. Perfect. It sounded like you said a buddy slam at first. I was like, what the fuck is a buddy slam? Body, body slam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also on GCW and hardcore matches. I've never watched GCW. Apparently, they're like a really popular independent now. Yes, you hardcore did. Hardcore matches. Uh, listen, the term hardcore matches, it used to be called a street fight, like a Texas death match. Or a, yeah, you know, that's basically what it is. But you do that at a blow-off or you, uh, part of a program, an angle, then you, they have their places, but you don't just throw one out there to throw out there, which has been done for the past 20-some years. They just do it just to do it. If it's a part of a, of a program and then come back with it, you know what I mean? Like a false yeah. count anywhere or whatever. Essentially, it's all the same thing, right? 
wasn't GCW where David Arquette nearly died? Oh, was, was that the same promotion? So. Yeah, like I was. They were talking to me. They wanted to book me for that show. Oh, really? Against Sasuke, and I—I I don't think Sasuke got brought in either. But we just we couldn't agree on on logistics, and so I didn't do it. But then I saw that uh, Arquette had had his jugular punctured or something from like a fucking light tube and was that from uh yeah Nick Gay right. I think he was wrestling him yeah and he goes he leaves the match to go look for the EMTs but they're all tending to I want to say like Marco Stunt or something who had shattered his shin bones on some stupid fucking Canadian right. destroyer into a pit or some fucking bullshit garbage spot like that and had both his fucking shins shattered. <laughs> and so the EMTs were working on him and poor David Arquette gets his fucking jugular punctured and leaves the ring and is going to look for the MTs, but there's like none available. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're going to have to take a number and sit down. We'll get to you in a little bit, okay? Right. Try not to bleed to death. Yeah, it goes back into the ring and uh, then the match finished soon, at like a minute after or something. I don't remember. I just saw highlights of it and it was uh, pretty wild. And that's you know. the same. That's the same promotion that the dude was masturbating while in a sleeper hole. Yeah, uh, it was autoerotic asphyxiation. Okay, let's let's try to get the uh, the kink correct here. We don't want to offend anybody. Right. <laughs> Animal Instinct. Any stories about Rob Conway? Just look at me. Yeah. Looking good. Look at me. I think Rob um, would have. You know, I got Renee. one time, you know, he was a bodybuilder, like really into fitness, right? And when he was getting his singles push, he dieted so hard that he had to be sent home because he fainted because he was so ripped. Wow. Yeah. I remember seeing him on the plane to where we were going and he was like his face didn't even resemble it because he was so lean and ripped. I mean, he was like pre con like he could have stepped on a bodybuilding stage. That's how lean he was. And he actually had like dehydration and then he fainted and they had to send him home. Really? Yeah. Jesus. He's bodybuilding today, isn't he? I think he, that's what he's doing now, I think. He looks in great shape. Yeah. He's in his 40s now, isn't he? He's older than you, isn't he, Renee? I think he could be 50. Oh, well, he's in great shape. Um, uh, one here, uh, the champ. Thank you for ten dollars. Uh, thoughts on today's heel slash faces. Uh, today it seems wrestlers only heel because they frown or do some goofy strut and wear black, and wrestlers that faces comes out smiling and giving high five to fans. Shake my head. You that? Um. <clears throat> Thoughts on sorry, I know you just read this, but I was, <laughs> I've got uh, the back end. That's why. Uh, 
everybody wears black, whether it's heel or face. It's fucking stupid. I'm sick of it. Everyone wears the same fucking colors. Who are you going for? I like the guy in black. Um, uh, yeah. Fucking stupid. Get some colorful shit, especially if you're a baby face. Uh, I'm trying to understand what the just the thoughts on. I mean, that's kind of how it's been throughout the history of wrestling, right? Just, I mean, you have your legitimate heels um, who can talk the game and their work backs it up and they don't rely on cheap heat. But the thing that really bothers me with today's wrestling is like everyone, everyone makes the same faces and none of it seems genuine. You know, it's, um, I think there's too many pin attempts also in matches. It's just, if you're a young wrestler watching this, um, put, put less pinfalls. I think, I think pinfalls slow your match down. I think, especially if they're at the beginning of the match, nobody's going to buy them. But I also think that a promoter, our promoters should uh, book in a way where a match should end in the first minute or two, somewhere on the card, from a pin, whether it's a tight roll-up or something. So that way you start to condition the audience to buy pins at any point in the match. It would take a while, mind you, but any pins we see during the beginning of matches, I mean, you know that's not the finish. They know it's not the finish, and they always have this like this fucking stupid surprised look on their face. And it's just not believable. Whereas I think if you continue the action, um, and and you know the action goes around the ring and spills outside, and like you just you keep that flow going, it it, it makes the match um, more. You know, it, it just gives it a more natural um, progression. And I mean, clearly there's way too many near falls at the end. Nobody believes them. So as wrestlers, that's really the big challenge is how do you get the audience to believe these pinfalls now? And I think the only people that might buy pinfalls at the beginning of a match, um, or children, or people who've never been to a wrestling show, or something, you know. Just, but, but also, if you're doing these really big moves at the beginning, and they're not kicking out, and then they're you're doing the same big moves at the end, and they're still not kicking out. I mean, it's you have to bust out the double barrel shotgun and put it in their mouth, and they still kick out, and so it, it's going to take some time. But you really have to think about what is being bought by the audience and what are they just, they know it's not going to be the end of the match or is it? And that's kind of on the promoter to do something where the first pinfall in the match is the one, two, three, Holy shit. Like I really didn't see that coming. And you know, I'm a big fan as a, as a baby face to, for a comeback, comeback, you know, your energy levels start kind of, um, 
balancing out, you know, you're, you're blocking and you're hitting here, you're getting out of the way. And they're, you know, they're, they're, the heels energy levels getting uh, kind of brought down because you're, you're slowly getting this second life and you're, 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 you're starting to fight back and fight back and gaining momentum, gaining momentum. And now you get into like this, this is bumping them, bumping them, bumping them, bumping them, whoa, bumping them. There maybe there's a little dip here, bumping them. And, and I, I, I'm a big fan of just comebacks going all the way through, and just and yeah. just nailing them, and then one, two, three. The play, I assure you, the place will pretty much erupt off of that, as opposed to you know near fall, near fall, near fall, near fall, near fall, and then by the end, you know, it's just, and then by the end of it, they're cheering because the shit's over, and they're like, oh, thank God, like fuck, can we move on? I mean, it's not, it's not because it's like, oh my God, they got me with that one. I didn't see that pinfall coming, you know. Um, I do miss um, when a random move would get a pinfall. Um, one that comes to mind it was like uh, Survivor Series 89 and a couple of tag teams left and uh, Demolition Smash was in the ring with Dynamite Kid and Dynamite Smash just hit like a simple clothesline but got the pin and used to get them sort of things. I, I watched um, a match, SummerSlam 94, 95. I think it was 94. Might be wrong. And it was like uh, IRS against one, two, three kids. And IRS just caught him in a rebound, like, power slam. And it got the one, two, three. And I do miss that, like, just some of these moves that would get the pin. Because nowadays, there's only two ways a match ends. Rather by the finisher or buy a roll-up, and that's every match, like, whatever company, instead of, like, some random move that finishes the match that catches someone off guard. Well, if you, if you think of any of these moves as something that you would get hit with in the street, chances are it's going to keep you down. Yeah. Chances are it's going to keep you down. If you got clotheslined pretty convincingly in a bar or in the street, or in the schoolyard or whatever, chances are it's, it's, it's going to fucking hurt, you know? Mm. And again, it falls on the performers who are making none of it look like it matters or that it hurts because they're back up and doing just more and more shit. And I think, you know, Renee can definitely attest to this. Like, I think Japan is one of the places where the, you know, like you, you, traditionally were able to really finish a big match with a big lariat or like a big boot or a big power slam or, or, or just a power bomb or like, you know, um, well, one company you know, that came in and I think their overkill is dragon gate. Yeah. They do overkill, man. It's too much. I don't know if they're still like that, but I remember watching like older stuff where it was just Jesus Christ. Yeah. They had way too much shit. I mean, it all looked good. It was all, but it was just too much. Yeah, I think Michinoku Pro was kind of on the verge of that. As, like they were doing that a lot as well. But those were those were promotions I felt that were geared towards that cruiserweight style. You know what I mean? Whereas I'm I'm thinking kind of more the traditional companies. Uh, you know, New Japan, All Japan. You know, just and and obviously you had bigger guys. Um, yeah. So. Again, it makes me think either the offense being performed by 
these Cold Stone employees doesn't hurt enough or these guys again these Cold Stone employees are not being hurt enough from the offense it just I don't buy it I don't buy any of it um, sorry hey, but if you this is totally off. it puts you down then I might buy it I mean, fuck, like a, a lariat across the chest that maybe looks like it caught you in the throat. And like, if you sell it, like it fucking really puts you down, I might think, shit, I think he really got him there. And then you got me. And then you got me. So ultimately, it really always falls back into the selling, in my opinion. What was you saying, Renee? 100%. 100%. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, man. I just I had to no, get that no, point. No, 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 I love when you speak. I learn something. Well, likewise, man. Likewise. Can we get Renee's Hoovy impression? I got a Hoovy story. Okay, so <laughs> when he first debuted, right, Charlie Charlie Haas was getting married to Jackie. But he got me confused with Charlie. So he's like, did you just get married? And I couldn't understand him. I said, what? <laughs> Did you just get married? Oh, no. I started laughing. Oh, no, I'm not, I don't get married. I think he was asking me, and he had his sunglasses on. <laughs> Inside, at, by the ring. And uh, maybe he thought I was cute. Kiss me, Renee. Kiss me. If you don't get, if you don't get married, Renee, you can marry me. We can go have a private ceremony. Let's have a private ceremony, Renee. Around the arena. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Please. Hit me. Hold my hand. Hold my hand. Let's go. <laughs> I would love to know if Hoovy watches this or he's been tagged. Someone wrote, wow, I can't believe Paul London's made Hoovy tuned into a, a meme. Oh, I got another story that I heard this past tour in Japan, right? Oh, I, I like Hoovy. He's fun to be around. There was a lot of... Uh, Mexican luchadors on the card, right? Uh, this was a Noah this past year. This okay. Week. And I guess Hoobie's father, he's second generation, right? Hoobie's got his dad's a wrestler, right? And yeah. uh, and I guess his dad was in the locker room trying to like build up his son. He goes, Yeah, you know, my son's a little different, but you know, he's you know, he's got a and at, at that very moment, Hoobie comes in with his hair and pigtails. <laughs> Pigtails. Pigtails, yeah. And then it's like, hi, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. More power to him, man. Look at James. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought the way they told the story was fucking hilarious. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> the pigtails. I'm sure he looks good in pigtails. Oh, this is good. the story. This is the story. This is the... Uh, you guys, you guys hear also hear about A Steel, A Steel biting, biting Omega. What, what is he? Armed this? What the fuck is happening over there? I hope this is real. I would love for this to be real. Hi guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> looks like fucking Dave Grow in the uh, Foo Fighters video. Big me. Oh yeah. Where he's wearing the fucking pigtails. 
Okay, uh, so dude. apparently he he was biting Omega. Boy, he's a manly man, ain't he? Was it consensual? Was it consensual? That's, did he get yeah, his rabies shot? Did he? Did Omega have to go get a rabies shot afterwards? I guess I heard one time that the human bite is one of the most uh, infectious things there is because of all the bacteria we have in our mouth. Yeah, I've got a story to tell you about that. So, do you remember the issue I had with me little one the other week? When yes. We had to, so, uh, my wife had to um, put her finger in his mouth so he didn't like swallow his tongue or bite his tongue in that. Right. And time we got there, like he bit it so hard, like he left like a mark on her finger, like he really bit through it. Yeah. So she had to like get. Um, I think she had to like take antibiotics and that because. Like you said, Renee, they said, like, you know, the human mouth has so many, like, germs yeah. or bacteria. So, yeah. yeah, that's what she had to have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. So, good time. What's, what's, what's the, what's a good cannibalism film, James? Cannibal Holocaust? I mean, I've never seen it. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Um, Silence of the Lambs is probably the most famous one, I would say. I think Cannibal Holocaust is more famous for a cannibal film, but I agree. Silence of the Lambs has the biggest profile of actors, and it's yeah. I mean, everyone Hannibal Lecter is a very synonymous with cannibalism. Now you you know, Army Hammer is synonymous with cannibalism. Didn't they uh, make a documentary called Dahmer? I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Seven, but yeah, I know that they did. Uh... Was it Zach Efron that was Dahmer? Not too he long. was uh, the other guy. Ted Bundy. Bundy, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good film. I know it's not a I, true story. What, horrible, yeah. but the film's made, well made. Yeah, yeah. Um, cannibalism is. Some creepy stuff. Uh, Ravenous was a, a, a good film. Um, kind of dealt with the, the Donner Party style stuff and Wendigo and, um, you know, would you eat your fellow man to survive? Or would you take a bite out of a coworker to get the advantage in a video game brawl? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how I came across it. They asked the cannibal, "What's the tastiest part of your human?" What do you wait? Say what? What part? So someone done interviewed like a cannibal. I don't know how I came across this. This was years ago, and they said, asked the cannibal, "What's actually the tastiest part of your human?" And they said, "The little bits under the fingers." Really? Yeah. I don't know how I came across it, but I did. I mean, I've bitten off pieces of my skin before, and it's kind of flavorless. But I guess you have to really get in there and get the meat and the blood and get some of those things. And, you know, blood has a very kind of, has kind of a sweet, tart flavor to it. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really big on eating people. Like, <laughs> Livers, organs, and any of that kind of shit. Like, 
I don't know, but I've only had like animal livers, and it's disgusting. You know, chicken liver is fucking disgusting. Someone um, said if you got like an empty milk cat, I don't know how we get into this conversation. We will get back to wrestling, everyone. Um, <laughs> if you put like liver in like an empty milk carton, it will actually crawl up the carton by itself. It'll crawl up the carton. Apparently, I've never tried it. I heard it years ago. <laughs> I don't know where I heard it, but I did. So I'm going to try it one day. <laughs> so back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> but he who shall not be named <laughs> did MMA. So Hager has competition. LOL. <laughs> yeah, he did MMA. All right. Yeah. 55K, the juice kisses James. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, once we get to a hundred thousand, we're gonna. I'll fly in. Uh, I'll pay for Hoobie's flight to Cali so he can make up with Paul. Shit, I won't be anywhere near that shithole. Oh, really? You you getting out of Cali? I'll be oh, hiding from in Cali. I'm sorry, that was before. I'm sorry. I'll be hiding from the juice. It Break won't be hair. worth the tease. Yeah, you're getting in, you're getting ideas now. Yeah. Kiss me, Randy. <laughs> Look like you have fucking like Tommy Wiseau hair right now. You're just like it's all over the place. There you all go. Right, dude. Raw starts in ten minutes, so I gotta I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. Get, the, get the chicken out of the air fryer. Put on the coffee pot. Yeah, I'm oh, gonna have to make a whole fucking pot. Get through three hours. Well, bless Rudy. Then uh, our team machine. Thank you again. Dominic has lived a crazy life. Eddie and Ray fighting for fathership, then Finn Balor screaming, who is your father? What a life. Yeah. What a life. What a life. Yeah. With all due respect to Ray, I have zero interest in watching his son do anything in wrestling. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just being honest. Hey, what if he starts biting other wrestlers? That could be interesting. Well, then we'll have a problem. <laughs> I'm a frugal man. Do you know... Of any other opportunities other than the meat opportunity? Oh, you must be talking about Kenny Bowen, right? Yeah. Surely wrestlers have some money-saving hacks. Ooh, that's a great question. Here's number one rule. Don't smoke crack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't buy a bunch of lotto tickets either. Right? Fuck. Charles um, K. Paul London workout video. <laughs> Paul, there I can see, see you like in a Richard Simmons headband and like yeah. neon leggings. I'm ready. Uh, right? With I'm, those plastic dumbbells. Oh, that'd be fucking hilarious. Imagine I'm ready. Subs. It'll look more like the old Dolph Lundgren video, the old Dolph Lundgren workout video from back in the day that I think was like one of the early Quentin Tarantino, like he was either a PA or he was like an assistant director or something on this. If you look up Dolph Lundgren workout video, you'll, you should be able to find it, but it's, it's pretty hilarious. And he's just kind of in this monotone voice talking about the different exercises. And he's in this studio making this workout video. And it's, that's, it's pretty entertaining. Um, and it was dead serious. So that's always been my inspiration for workouts. Showdown Little Tokyo was a great movie. I'm just was thinking awesome. of it. I was a huge fan of his Punisher as well. I mean, 
I thought that Punisher film was is highly underrated. I can see why a lot of people didn't like it. You know, he didn't have like the skull on his chest and blah blah blah. But like, I thought it was one of his better performances, to be honest with you. Um, although I liked his He Man as well, his Master of the Universe yeah. film. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Crispy Cruiser. Did you guys see Gunther Fish Sheamus? Instant classic. I was there, Crispy Cruiser. I loved it. I said to Renee to definitely watch it. And Paul, I advise you to watch it. Just a host match. Great match. Yeah, I might actually go out of my way to check that out. And I think, you know, that, because I mean, for the last 10 years, we've seen a lot of, I like a good cruiserweight match or a, you know, a high flying match every now and then. But I think we've seen so fucking much of it. Yeah. The guys are in the same spots that it just is getting tiresome, right? Yeah. I like yeah, Gunther a lot. I knew him back in Germany and uh, always had a good head for the business and respect yeah. for the business. Pete Dunn also I'm a big fan of. I think he's also has a, a really bright future. I'm glad to see him on the main roster uh, in a you know in a and what appears to be, I guess, like a pretty formidable faction or something. I don't really know, but I think he's with those guys, isn't he? With Seamus and Ridge Holland, yeah. Seamus and Ridge Holland. Kind of, they're kind of going for like a Peaky Blinders kind of stable. I don't, I don't know. You, have you watched Peaky Blinders? I know of it. I haven't seen it. For sure. Actually, that whole thing with the hats and the, they're from Ireland. My buddy, Joey Cabray, who's the promoter for OTT Over Top Wrestling, which I'll be appearing for next month. Actually, did that first gimmick. Was doing that gimmick first, and they again WWE copy and shit. They stole it, fuckers. Still ruining. It's still ruining me, damn it. <laughs> well, enjoy I'm... Raw. Go oh watch yeah. It. Well, no, we got five minutes, dude. Five minutes. Five minutes remaining. Mark, to all three of you, favorite stand-up of all time. Okay, I'll start. We mentioned Dave Chappelle, but I have to put on top of him Ron White from Texas. Do you agree? Do you know what I'm talking about, Paul? I know you're talking about. I mean, I. Taylor yeah. Salad, Ron White. He's fucking hilarious. See, I, I'm a big Richard Pryor fan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Richard was good. Um,. Gosh, it's so many. <clears throat> is it Jim Jim Jeffries, I think? Is that his name? Oh, the Australian yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's good. Fun. I like Pete Holmes too. I mean, like he had a he had a show for a while. I can't remember what it was called, but he had a really good show that was on like HBO or something. What was um, that English guy we just mentioned that did the Ricky You never saw his stand up, but after that what was it, the Emmys or the Golden Globes? Emmys. I think it was the Emmys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, after that, man. Like, I never watched his stand-up, but I like to catch it. I don't know. Is he any good stand-up? Uh, yeah, he, done, uh, he had one that came out on Netflix uh, a few months ago. Fucking hilarious. Right? Yeah. You have to catch it. Um, my favorites, Chappelle, Pryor. Um, he only done two, but I loved Eddie Murphy, Raw and Delirious. Uh, right. Um. Bill Burr, love Bill Burr. I think he's hilarious. George Carlin, George Carlin, is another George great Carlin considered a comedian, or was he just like? Tell me how it is. <laughs> yeah, 
just telling it like it is, yeah. yeah. Which is funny. Yeah, because yeah. it's the truth, right? So, yeah. There's loads. I, 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 but I grew up watching a lot of Def Jam comedy, you see. So um, I loved a lot of that stuff. Uh, Matt and Lawrence and stuff, like, you know. Yeah. Like that. So I grew up watching that. So uh, I love all stand-up, good stand-up, not today's stand A lot of today's stand-up ain't stand-up. It's fucking the worst one. I use the term comedian very loosely. Uh, Amy Schumer. Jesus Christ. Not any good. Really? She thinks she's funny. Dolph Singler, uh, Dolph Singler banged her, apparently. Oh, uh, did he? Oh, yeah. is she kind of like on the heavier side? Pretty face, though. Pretty face? No. <laughs> Have you ever heard the term butterface? Uh, <laughs> James is firing on all cylinders now. <laughs> she's only famous because her dad's, uh, her uncle's like a senator, so... She used that to make herself into a comedian. I use the words loosely, but uh, just kind of avoid. like Tori Spelling used her dad to get on Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, right. yeah. but no, I was I was on the classic. I raised up on the classics. I loved it. Richard Pryor. I remember or some people marry the boss's daughter. But yeah, <laughs> I like Triple H now. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Uh, thank you for the donation, PK underscore one. Uh, we we attempted to have that name. We had it on our first gear, the Hooligans. Uh, we had pitched to even have it spelled like W H O O L I G A N S. I mean, we we pitched it. I think Crystal Marshall was the only one that put it over one time in a backstage segment, but Vince uh, nixed it. He didn't want us to have a team name. And we just, you know, that was kind of the writing on the wall because he but said, dude, uh, you guys had awesome matching gears and you worked great. I mean, thing. We were trying to really just be an established tag team, which, you know, we were an established tag team, but we wanted to go all the way through with it with like a team name. And blah, blah. and I remember he told us one time, he was like, you got, you know, we don't, we don't need a team name because then when you guys split up, you can still be Brian Kendrick and you can be Paul London and, and that's that's really where the uh, so again it was the writing was on the wall they they didn't uh, but I'm sitting here thinking like well why are these fucking guys the Highlanders and the Dicks and like you know the fucking <laughs> the heartthrobs you know like all, all these other all these lesser teams have team names yeah. except for the fucking tag champs like it just didn't make any fucking sense so. Again, so the what writing. was the plans with Snooker Jr.? Was he going to be called Deuce his whole career? Who, Douche? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't... Who the fuck knows about that guy? Because they called him Sim Snooker afterwards, didn't they? I think. They called him what? Sim Snooker. They tried to pair him up with Legacy, uh, Orton, Cody, and DiBiase Jr. Oh, they did, uh, really? And there was one of the Samoan Juniors as well, where... Uh, I forgot his name, but he's fucking terrible. Um, no, 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 Alpha Junior was a fucking hell of a worker. I, I didn't see it on WWE, okay. so he must have hit it. No, no, no. I see, I seen him. He, he's really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I All those Samoans can go. I really like the guy personally too. All right, uh, let's get these last ones. Uh, James, I met you on the road heading up to the stadium on Saturday. Hope you and the kids had a great night. Yeah, I remember you, mate. Uh, thanks for saying hello. So, uh, I'll I'll tell you. at a truck stop, no, 
I'll tell you. Like, like, Roll your window down. No, we're walking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Oh shit! Wrestler's <laughs> <laughs> um, perspective was the Oscars slap a work. You know when Will, Will Smith slapped. Um, oh, was it a oh, work? If it was real, fucking. Uh, what was his name? The guy slept. Uh, Chris Rock. Yeah, man, he didn't sell it at all. I mean, he sold it verbally, but like. He didn't really. Yeah, like he sold it. He sold it like you would sell if it was real, like from an embarrassment standpoint. You know what right. I mean? Like, well, that was that was fucking humiliating. Like, I should I should make a joke about it. And so I think that's where you would think like it was real. Um, but again, it could be another one of these um, all embarrassing situations where. Oh, no, it's like wrestling. Maybe they just needed it to be something that people would talk about. Talk about. I mean, how many views did that get on social media or uh, YouTube? I mean, that's an easy way to make a couple hundred grand right off YouTube hits. Yeah, but like, again, in hindsight, though, you want people to be talking about the product itself. You don't want people to be talking about all the peripheral, you know, bullshit that kind of surrounds it. Um, then the proof really isn't in the pudding, is it? You know, it's well, it's like Ricky Gervais said in that fucking thing. It's like nobody goes to the cinema anymore, everybody's watching Netflix. Yeah, right, that's yeah. the truth. Renee Dupree's Nightlight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it took me forever to brush my teeth the other night because I kept laughing when you had Kenny Bolin on the anniversary show. I'm glad oh. someone enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> whether you love him or hate him, he definitely got people talking, right? Yeah. I mean, I actually, uh, after I I left because I left early, I was watching it, uh, the live stream live, and then my, I was with my wife in bed, and she couldn't stop laughing at Kenny. <laughs> oh, <really>? Yeah. <laughs> Talker. Can you imagine Kenny Bolin on the AEW press pass? Jeez. Imagine him on there. That'd be hilarious. Um, Adam, thank you. Uh, dear New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, we are sorry for doing f- the things we did. Technically, it was all Cody's idea. Signed, Omega, the books, page, PS, take us back. <laughs> I heard I heard the way Omega and the Bucks left was not very uh professional or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know if they were they were uh, but I'll tell you this much, man. I seen the way the new uh AEW used the New Japan guys, and I mean they totally just fucking squashed those guys on worldwide television, right? I, uh, I hope this is real. Paul, you can confirm if it is. Killer Cross, I would like to know if Paul feels confident that a fruit roll-up on a vampire at the Cunningham Wake is a suitable finish. Oh, absolutely. The Cunningham Wake. That'll get you every time, especially with Corey Feldman on the cast. Yeah, the Cunningham Wake. 
<laughs> is this like an inside joke that only this killer cross, if he's real, would know? Well, what's to say that's not really killer cross? I mean, I don't know because I don't, I don't understand the question at all. So yeah. maybe it's like an inside. Well, you have to watch. You have to watch uh, Bordello of Blood, man. That's a. Uh, it's an old classic. Is that a conversation that you and this gentleman had to? Dennis Miller and Corey Feldman in uh, Bordello of Blood, man. Bordello of Blood. Hold on a second. Wasn't the 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 grandpa from the the monsters in that? Uh, I don't know that he was in that or not. It was a. Uh, it was a Tales from the Crypt movie, I think. Um, okay. But, yeah, Dennis Miller was the lead. and It was a cool film, man. But, yeah, the Cunningham Wake is a uh, pretty fun scene in that film. But, yeah, the fruit roll-up on a vampire will get him every fucking time. Every time. Uh, so you got to be careful with the old fruit roll-up. Okay. Well, well. That being said, it's actually six after or ten after nine here. Oh so no, you're you missing half you the you fucking are, You are paying for the end of this stream. You are going nowhere. What? <laughs> you're, finishing, you're finishing this stream. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, guys! I want to watch Raw. It's still reeling me, damn it. Right, Thaddeus Abbey. Would you knock boots with Miss Elizabeth Sirk eighty nine? Yes, I would. In a heartbeat. Right, Why is so fucking you're close not- to me? Remember, remember that WrestleMania finish where she actually ripped off her dress and she was wearing like little panties. SummerSlam. Was that SummerSlam? Yeah, God, that was hot. That was hot. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Red Fox punks, have you guys ever gone crazy on Planet Stasiak? No. No. He's a doctor. He's a chiropractor now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, recording conversations in the locker rooms. Yeah. All right. I'm out of here. What? You guys enjoy Raw. Enjoy your fucking meat scams. I'm out of here. Tyler, you fucking close to me. Are you leaving for real? Don't leave us. Yeah, I need to go. I'm going to roll. For real? This is my turn to leave early. Oh. (laughs) I'll see you on Thursday. I'll see you on Thursday. I just okay. So Thursday, everyone. Actually, before you leave, since this is the most people we had in the chat, like over six hundred and fifty at one point, do we keep doing it on Mondays? (laughs) I don't know. We'll We'll see. see. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's cool. In the morning, (laughs) so um, we'll see. Bye. Okay, well, Paul's got to go, but we'll see you again on Thursday, Paul. Be yeah, safe. Yeah, hang out, talk, talk raw, talk fucking meat scams. Y'all have fun. Talk fucking marks biting each other, jerking each other off. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys on Thursday. All right, Paul. Kiss <laughs> right, me, later, Paul. Guys. Kiss me. Kiss me goodbye. One besito right here, please. Be good to each other. And if you don't get married, marry me. Hold my hand. Let's go around the back. <laughs> All right. See ya. All right. Later, dude. All right. Uh, right, Renee. We'll uh, blast for these. Uh, what's the cost of having fans on the live streams? Uh, 
Thanks, Gerardo. Uh, something we're working on, me and Renee actually spoke about this, so uh, stay tuned. We are planning on some stuff, but we're just in the early stages of it. Yeah, so we're definitely going to look into having fans on the live stream. Yeah, that'd be fun. Smiley, has any of you met Sonny Kiss? Yeah, I met him. Well, hold on a second. Is it he or she? I don't know what's appropriate. Uh, they. Yeah, so Sonny, I, I met um, at a show in, was it New Jersey? Yeah. Very friendly person. I'd like to have, like to have them on the show, actually. It'd be interesting the conversation, especially with them being in um, AW. So, great. Uh, Chatter, thank you for the donation. Uh, Right, I think uh, we're just blasting through these ones now, Renee, because I know you want to watch Raw because I've hyped it up. And then tomorrow, you're going to give me some grief saying you've fooled me, James. Oh, um, no, it's the shit, so I'm definitely uh, turning it off and going to bed. All right. Uh, Chair, thanks again. Uh, Renee, favorite Seattle uh, Grinch band? Well, Nirvana was from Seattle, right? The Seattle yes. Sound. That was like Soundgarden and... Uh... So I definitely, I definitely have to put Nirvana. Uh, Tilo, thank you. Uh, Paul's not here, so Renee can answer it. Any thoughts on Orlando Jordan? Uh, when he got to be uh, JBL's sidekick, I wasn't the biggest fan of his. Yeah, there was like a little click there, but then he soon got fired thereafter. He didn't last long. So that's that. And James, you're on mute. Oh, yeah, just do so. All right, cool. Uh, right. So uh, that first, uh, someone's just said Dominic has come out. Someone's just wrote laugh out loud. He's wearing black. <laughs> so you know he's here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to try to attempt to watch Raw, everybody. And then uh, on our next. Um, oh, shit. Here they come again. All right. Left one, guys. Please, no more. Save them for Thursday. Save your money yeah. for Thursday. Um, Right, where is it? Uh, last one, guys. Large skin pores and extractions. Great name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love our audience. Uh, have you guys watched the Canadian TV show Trailer Park Boys? I haven't yet, Renee, but I'm guessing you have. Oh, my God, have I ever. I actually, um, Corey from the Trailer Park Boys came and did one of my shows. He was a special guest referee. And a few weeks ago, I met uh, one of the girls she she came to one of my shows, one of our shows here, in Nova Scotia. I forget her name, but she's uh, I think it was Ricky's baby's mama. She came to the show, so uh, it's a really really great show. I love it. Okay, guys, so we will see you on Thursday. Hope you enjoyed this uh, special edition, and uh, yeah, so be well. I'm gonna try to attempt to watch Raw. Okay. Bonsoir. Bonsoir.